today on the Tearsheet Podcast. You know, I think Waze is, is a really fascinating app in that if it was just, um, you know, a, a map app, um, it'd only be so interesting. The real value comes in knowing, wait a minute, um, there was a crash on, on this freeway. Maybe take the other one um, or switch the route. That'll get you there faster based on real-time information. Um, and I believe that the more companies that you have, and if you can start to give these, these insights and see what great performance looks like, understand um, what pricing can be, you can actually create more value back into the network. And so I do think over time, um, you know, like I, I think that these products historically haven't been built like this. They generally have been, you know, let's distribute a card. We're going to give you one points program or cash mm-hmm. back and um, a partner, but really not thinking in this way that modern software companies do. And I, I think that that kind of approach is going to come to this industry and should. This is Zach Miller, founder and editor at Tearsheet. I wanted to invite you to Tearsheet's latest event, the day-to-day conference. A big theme on this program and in our reporting has been about how financial data is the underpinning of modern financial services. From data aggregation to using big data to comb through customer behavior, financial ecosystems are growing up around banks and fintechs through data aggregators. The day-to-day conference brings together financial services, fintech, and vertical industries looking to create new financial products and services through leveraging customer data in their own firms and across the entire industry. We've got a great speaker lineup. Register today by going to our website and clicking on the Day-to-Day Conference button at the top right of your screen. Tearsheet's Day-to-Day 2021 Conference is sponsored by Pfizer, Plaid, MX, Finicity, and Argyle. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. Corporate credit card firm Ramp is hot off a big fundraising, making it one of the youngest firms to reach billion-dollar valuation status in history, having launched in February 2020. Eric Lyman, Ramp's co-founder and CEO, joins me on the podcast to talk about how Ramp's positioning to help its business clients spend less has impacted its trajectory. We discuss the most recent fundraising round that saw Stripe, Goldman Sachs, and Thrive participate, and what's interesting investors around Ramp's software-led model. Eric describes how Ramp's product is changing, maturing. Ramp's Eric Lyman is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Eric Lyman, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Ramp. Um, Ramp is the first corporate card designed to actually help businesses spend less. Um, you know, uh, companies can sign up in under five minutes at Ramp.com um, uh, and get a card that automates your accounting. Say we're the average company about five days per month on month-end close. Um, we offer one and a half percent cash back. And through our software that identifies um, ways that companies are overspending, like duplicate software, um, when you're being charged more than other companies, we also save the average company an additional 100000 per year on top of it. And do you think that that perspective of sort of siding uh, on the spend management side of reducing spend and not sort of tacitly um, increasing spend, do you think that differentiates you from, from some of the other players in the market? I believe so. And and I think in two ways. One, I mean, it sounds like a simple, obvious thing, but most cards are designed so differently. Often, um, you know, some of the largest companies in space historically have really brilliant people thinking about how can I design points and rewards programs to incentivize people to spend more money and earn more points. And that might make sense for a consumer context, but most business owners I know want to be more profitable. Um, and we've seen evidence um, in a two to see in our traction. You know, we're happy to say that we're the fastest growing corporate card in America. Over the course of 2020, um, revenues grew by 
um, over 6,000%, uh, um, and we haven't slowed down. And so we think that there's real demand for a different way to approach business spending. Yeah, I remember when we first spoke, um, you impressed that upon me, the fact that you sort of were focused on reducing spend, but but you're still monetizing interchange fees, right? That's right. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, the way that we think about it is, um, you know, as a new company and a disruptor in the space, when we started, um, you know, we, we had no revenue at all. Um, and, 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 and a focus on actually, let's evaluate what a company is spending. We're going to help you spend less. That's a big part of what earns us the right to earn revenue in the first place. And so we, we really do have a, a, a true incentive uh, to show companies ways to spend less because, you know, that gives us a piece of the pie to begin with. And you're fresh off of a, a big fundraising round. Can you, can you give us, I guess, the details of that? I know, I know Stripe also participated in that as well, right? That's right. Um, yeah, thanks for touching on it. Um, sure. Yeah, um, over the, um, you know, just about a month ago, we had, we announced a $115 million in new funding um, led by D1 Capital as well as Stripe um, and a few others, uh, Goldman Sachs, Founders Fund, Code2, Thrive, uh, Redpoint, and a number of others. And, and we were able to raise it at a $1.6 billion valuation on the business. It was, um, you know, a, a, a lot. We're certainly excited about it. And I think most mostly too to just be the, the fastest growing uh, startup, um, at least in valuation terms, in, in New York City's history. And, and what's the excitement there from the investment point of view? Can you talk about um, their thesis? Um, obviously, Brex is in the market. They also raised recently at a, at a seven plus billion dollar valuation. Like, what, what's the interest? What's the end game? I guess for, from the investment point of view. Totally. I think that there's a couple of things. One, just for many investors, just the size of this market um, is, is, is fascinating to people. There's um, about $1.3 trillion per year spent in the U.S. On, on corporate and small business cards. Historically, that's been dominated by just a few traditional players. Um, you know, Amex, uh, folks estimate they have something like 40, 45% of the market. Chase, uh, my old employer, Capital One, um, all are significant. And it fell off from there. And I think that there's a lot of excitement given that this market that historically has been quite profitable and quite unaddressable is suddenly starting to see new players with very different um, and innovative approaches. I think beyond that, um, many folks too see this as, as not just a great, a, a great way to deliver a product, but actually as an entry point into the CFO suite. Um, and I think in particular behind Ramp, um, you know, we're, we, we are uh, two thirds of our company's headcount, our engineers, folks in product design, data science. Um, typically these companies are, are fairly sales and marketing led. Um, and, and there's even a thesis of, you know, if, if, if Ramp can grow um, at this rate and start having cards and accounting software deployed throughout um, maybe other forms of B2B payments, um, might this actually be a very interesting way to build a true software business that connects deeply to companies and helps them improve their efficiency? And if so, um, could that be a business like Shopify? Could that um, you know, be a, a, you know, a truly large scale um, software business? And so I, I think it's that. And also too, as, 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 as you go often into your show, there's, there's just an explosion in, in, in terms of software and changes in the fintech space. Yeah, I totally get that, and I appreciate that. Um, and it does feel like there is room to become a, a, a big software platform in the space, much like a Shopify. But what about, um, I guess, what we're seeing, at least from the tier sheet perspective, is is corporate spend coming up, I guess, through through industries, through verticals. 
um, mm. where I would where I would say you know ramp is 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 more horizontal. Is is there an advantage to doing it um, in the ramp perspective versus a vertical perspective? Like, how, are, are they comparisons? Do you even get what yeah. I'm asking? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a really great question. It's and it's interesting. I, I actually think that some of our competitors who are a little bit more marketing and sales driven verticalize much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I I think that it's a great sales pitch. But in, in, in reality, businesses in, in terms of credit card spend are a lot more similar than they are different. And so, well, I think it gives you some advantage in, in an affinity in selling through. You can market certain points and rewards programs that way. Um, you know. We were very surprised, you know, you know, today, one of our largest customers is a, is a farm. Um, they, they sell potatoes and, 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 and uh, they make potatoes in 20 states, sell them you know, around the world. And, um, you know, that was definitely not the, the, the kind of um, uh, customer that we were expecting mm-hmm. uh, to, to come in. And what I'd say is that all businesses really struggle um, you know, I, I think not just with with getting getting a Carter approval. Most businesses can do that in you know in, in an afternoon. Really, the complexity comes in um, all the challenges that happen in between. Is this you know um, are you giving out cards for travel and entertainment? Is it for procurement and purchasing? Um, how do you handle receipts? Um, today, they're split over a different system, but the IRS requires you hold on to receipts for anything above seventy five dollars. Um, you, you know, great, you've done that. How do you audit spend and make sure things don't get out of control? Um, last, how do you get things into your books and records and improve performance? And, you know, I, I think that the vertical perspective helps you sell to a, to a customer, but you know, we, we think that the horizontal approach of really solving, how do you solve it end to end? Um, and that experience and streamline it leads to outcomes like saving the average company about five days per month on their month end close. Um, an experience where um, people say, like, I, I haven't, I, I didn't expect how useful it would it would be. And so I, I think that you can really get into what's the use case, what are the personas if you go horizontal um, versus that vertical kind of marketing pitch approach. I get that. And I definitely see how, you know, the, the vertical you know, quote unquote, ex, you know, expert in, in something specific, you know, it, it can be used as, as a very powerful marketing tool. Well, I guess I'm curious from your point of view, are, are you seeing, um, are, is your marginal new client, are you displaced, who are you displacing um, from the card provider point of view? Yeah. Um, you know, about, um, at least as of right now, um, and, and I think this is reflective of, um, where you know where the market historically has been, uh, you know the most common uh, is is an American Express. Um, you know typically it is about a third of the time uh, a customer has an Amex, um, you know in place and and, and that's getting moved. Um, we see others too. There's Chase. There's Capital One. There's also some of the new age folks. Um, like let's say a Brax or a Divi or something like that, where mm-hmm. as companies scale, they're they're looking for a more robust tool. Um, I think the other unintuitive things that we displace is, is actually concur or expensify. Um, you know, since ramp launched reimbursements functionality um, back in December, already 90% of our customers have, have actually gotten rid of their concur or expensify. So it's, it's not just a card, um, but often it's some of the middle, um, um, middle ex- expense software um, as well that, that's been getting replaced. Can you talk about, um, I guess, that relationship between reimbursement and displacing some of the 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 expense expenses software? 
Definitely. Yeah, I am. Um, so I, I'll, I'll first start with just like a customer experience we heard really often, which is mm-hmm. you talk to a finance team and they, you know, if you really dug in one of the worst parts of, you know, uh, the, the job is it's the end of the month and no one has done their expense reports. They haven't turned in receipts. And for about a week, it turns into chasing people down and asking people to get stuff. And it's important because you, you, you really need this data to close the books properly and not have to reopen the books when you get reports in late. And when we started to dig into why, a lot of it came from a faulty, from a truly a faulty integration between card issuers and expense management platforms. Put differently, if you have an Amex card and you have an Expensify or a Concur, um, your transactions are auto-synced once a day, um, usually around three, four in the morning between Amex and Expensify. Mm-hmm. The problem is if you're at, let's say, at dinner with a client and you want to upload a receipt right then and there, um, you open up your Expensify or Concur app and the transaction isn't there. Um, so you can either manually enter all the data, um, later delete the other the transaction gets synced, or you can say, you know what, I'll put the receipt in my wallet and, and wait till the end of the month. And so it creates all these really bad habits. Hmm. Um, the difference with Ramp is because we're actually in the um, authorization layer um, and Ramp approves or deny the charge um, you know, at the point of sale, um, we can text the cardholder the second a transaction occurs. You can auto forward and match the receipt. And that subtle difference leads to a massive uh, a massively better experience for, um, for users, um, mm. and much higher just throughput and uptake of, um, actually turning the receipts in on time. Yeah. It makes sense. You sort of solve for that behavioral gap. Um, Eric, can you talk about, I guess, how, how the product has matured and I'm curious also to know how you're thinking about the product has matured, um, since you started. Yeah, it's come a really long way. I mean, when we started, you know, this, it, it truly was um, some of the most basic, simple um, cards with some light level of controls, um, underwriting to be able to support and some cash back, which I, I'd argue is where most of the industry has been. Over time, we started to really layer on more and more advanced functionalities and, and, and really the, the, the value added software. And some of the key kind of um, releases have been first, um, spending insights. Um, because we're um, getting data from the merchants, we can cluster information about merchants. We can see when there's duplicative software. Um, so we'll tell people, hey, it's strange that you're paying for three sets of project management software across your organization. Um, vendor management, um, we'll, we, we surface up when the next subscription um, is going to hit, how the pricing actually compares um, and surface up. Maybe you can save money from switching to, from a monthly to an annual. Um, a lot more controls today. Ramp card holders can say they want their card to expire next week or only work at one specific merchant. Um, Slack integrations, um, accounting automation, um, you know, to even uh, reimbursements um, and all that. And so, I, I, the way I think that we've been thinking about it is, you know, how can we take everything that is time intensive? or lack of control or lack of visibility um, and build more features to really streamline the job of, okay, companies are, are going to be in business next month. How do we make their, um, you know, save more of their time? You know, I, I think things in the future that are interesting to us is as, as fascinating as this has been, um, we still are only addressing, um, you know, card spend um, on behalf of, of companies. Most spend at least by dollar, um, uh, comes through on ECH, on wire and other forms of payments. And so, 
you know, we're starting to look more, more broadly as well of how can we continue um, to not just help on the software side, but, you know, if you can touch more forms of payments um, and integrate um, a lot of the automations um, and insights on top of that new um, form of payment, um, you can continue to deepen your value problem. That's really interesting. And I, I'd like to hear also more about that insight layer that you're describing. Um, what type of insights you're developing um, for your customers, how, how the insights are delivered, if there's sort of like a, a, a feedback loop there, um, sort of incentivizing good behavior, that kind of thing. Can you talk about the, that incentive layer? Sorry, the uh, insight layer? Definitely. And the way I would think about it um, is there's often at companies this principal agent problem, like the, the folks that are closing the books um, and that are tasked with being in charge of the budget aren't always the people who are making the spending decisions. And I, I, I think I'd almost think about this as like, you know, imagine if, you know, it, it's you and 30 cousins are asked to share a credit card um, or 30 different credit cards. You know, at the beginning, maybe you coordinate and figure things out, but, you know, flash forward in time, suddenly you probably have five, six subscriptions to Netflix. And maybe only if you were coordinated, only needed one. Um, lots of things like that can start to break down and companies kind of look and behave like that, um, especially as they grow in size. And so it ranged from the very simple of, you know, hey, you're paying for all these different uh, Netflix licenses. In the company context, it could be everyone has these different LinkedIn subscriptions. Everyone is, is double paying for sets of software. You actually only need one or you can save by bulk negotiating. So we'll surface that up. We'll surface things up like these sets of software do the same sets of things. Maybe you're paying on ACH and if you switch to a car to ramp, you can get an additional one and a half percent cash back and we can quantify some of that. And so some of it are, are level are insights like this that will surface up to them and the team. Um, next, um, you know, there can be elements around um, pricing data that we're seeing across and surfacing that up um, to eventually, we, we think it will be possible um, to go and even automatically, whether it's negotiate or just bring um, intelligent automations. Um, you know, that was my background prior to starting Ramp. I, I had started a company today uh, called Paribus. It's now known as Capital One uh, Shopping. Um, but we helped consumers save automatically on their purchases after they bought things through price drop guarantees, mm. uh, through um, uh, price protection policies, all that. And I believe there will be similar opportunities, both in what companies are buying in upcoming renewals of software, um, uh, as well as to even in travel one day um, to go and facilitate that for businesses. And so we're, we're in the very early days of um, um, helping companies get more out of every dollar. Yeah. So how, how sticky are corporate card solutions? Uh, and I guess the reason I'm asking that is like, does that insight layer and the more powerful, more deeply you can go at the insight layer, um, does that help to um, embed a client, you know, in the software? I definitely believe so. I, uh, you know, like a, a business that I, I, so one, even in our just patterns and behavior, you know, Part of what's driving Ramp's rapid growth is just natural revenue expansion. Um, you know, where people use it, companies grow naturally, but they also, you know, we see companies switching things from bill payments to cards specifically um, just for the insights and that value um, and for the all-in-one vendor management that's above and beyond some of the low fidelity data and pivot tables that people have to perform off in, in a uh, Excel or um, accounting software. Um, what, I, what I would say um, 
Um, on top of that, though, I, I think in the consumer world, like one of the most popular apps that people are used to is, is uh, you know, the driving app Waze. And, you know, I think Waze is, is a really fascinating app in that if it was just, um, you know, a, a map app, um, it'd only be so interesting. The real value comes in knowing, wait a minute, um, there was a crash on, on this freeway. Maybe take the other one um, or switch the route. That'll get you there faster based on real-time information. Um, and I believe that the more companies that you have, and if you can start to give these, these insights and see what great performance looks like, understand um, what pricing can be, you can actually create more value back into the network. And so I do think over time, um, you know, I, I think that these products historically haven't been built like this. They generally have been, you know, let's distribute a card. We're going to give you one points program or cash mm -hmm. back and um, a partner, but really not thinking in this way that modern software companies do. And I, I think that that kind of approach is going to come to this industry and should. Yeah, I like that. That's definitely like network effects at that, you know, in that product, which it, I haven't heard of before. Um so you're growing a lot. Um, you talked about the revenue growth uh, at the beginning of the program. I'm curious what you would attribute um, your success in your growth, like go-to-market strategy, like what channels are you using? Like how are you reaching your prospects and your customers? You know, it's uh, it's very funny. So, you know, we, we had very interesting and unusual launch timing. We launched in February of, uh, of, of 2020. Um, publicly and um right before uh, the storm hit right <laughs> exactly um and so suddenly uh, within a month it was like wait a minute um you could be at see adverse selection it probably wasn't right to go buy a bunch of billboards do a lot of things that companies traditionally do and so we actually grew very quietly um you know uh, the what, what jumped out to us is you know uh, if you can actually there are many great companies um and it's a very considered decision. Can you build a better product? And so what really powered our growth was, you know, we quickly became the highest rated spend management software online. Um, uh, and that, that, that generated a lot of word of mouth. And so even today, um, about 40% of, of ramps growth month in month out um, is related to people talking about it, um, sharing it, um, referring or even bringing it to other companies they go, you know, the next biggest channel can actually be, you know, we reach out to, to companies directly, maybe to finance teams and say, we'd love to, you know, un, un, understand your, your process and show you how we can streamline things. Um, and, and then from there, there's a little bit in, um, in, in partnerships, um, we partner with a number of accounting firms, um, a little bit in advertising, but it, it's actually, um, you know, to be really candid, I wish we were better at marketing. I, mm -hmm. and I think that the strength of, of the organization has really been on products, um, um, but it's, it, it's a major area of focus for us over the coming year. Well, that definitely seems like that's the next stage of growth. Most most successful tech firms deal with is you know starting with a very product focused um, approach, and then you know as they mature and, and hit that first leg of of customer um, base, then you know they move into marketing and branding and stuff like that. So, is, is that something you think would be the natural sort of evolution of the company? I do. Yeah, I think that most people in the world um, in the country have never heard of Ramp um, and. Uh, you know, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that we'll need to think about how we um, overcome that and, and grow. Because we, we do think the product, when people use it, it, it is just so much better. Um, and so it's, it's, it's something really real for us to figure out. Well, Eric, we're getting to the end of the conversation. I'm curious, um, as you look out, you have the big fundraising behind you. You've had a lot of growth. Like you look out to the rest of 2021, like what are you thinking about? What are you prioritizing? 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, you know, the biggest area is still, um, we think that there's so much more we can do to actually help companies save more money and save more time. And so there's a lot um, of, of, of software development going into that side, um, particularly as we, we handle some more complex workflows, approval, um, approval policies, expense policies, deeply embedded, all that. Um, we're, we're looking very closely at um, bringing some of the intelligence to other forms of payments. So not just card, but you know, evaluating um, what it means for potentially bill payments. Um, also, too, as um, you know, people come back to work and travel and seeing others um, uh, travel. Um, and uh, I think last that that leg that you touched on, um, you know, more broad awareness and, and, and great um, marketing. You know, we think that the product speaks for itself, but um, you know, we have a lot to do to really build that engine out. So, um, should be a really fun year. Well, best of luck to you and to Ram, Eric. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate it.